this is a workshop called Experience the Miracle of Meditation. And I wanted to offer this opportunity for two reasons. One, because generally I just uh, like to have the opportunity to share the miracle of meditation with the people that uh, are part of my wider community. And I like to make that as accessible as possible. And particularly today, I wanted to present what I teach in the context of, of the miracle that allows us to see through uh, our current perceptions of reality and to discover a deeper truth beneath. So I think the way that I actually said it uh, in the description of this workshop was the miracle is realizing that you have the power to liberate your awareness from the illusion of separation and isolation into the reality of unity and wholeness. And you can do this using nothing but your own focused attention and conscious surrender. And this is something that I had dramatically revealed to me during a two month long meditation retreat some years ago. And that retreat led to a small book called The Miracle of Meditation, which I've just republished in a very beautiful second edition. And I really wanted to share with you what I discovered during that retreat. And I wanted us to do some practice today. And I, I have a few, basically I wanna take you through a couple of different steps to show you, give you a sense of how the practice of meditation relates and can be used for the purpose of awakening and liberating your awareness. So one thing that I often will say is that by and large meditation is used often in, in two ways, spoken of in two ways, in two different contexts. One is stress reduction and relaxation. That's the more popular context for meditation today. And it's a very powerful context. And of course the, the original context for meditation, at least in the Eastern traditions was spiritual awakening and the liberation of awareness. Generally speaking, I'm teaching meditation in the second context. I teach meditation as a vehicle for the liberation of awareness and spiritual awakening. Now, of course, a certain amount of relaxation and stress reduction is, will also result. Um, and vice versa, if you are pursuing meditation for stress reduction and relaxation, it's quite likely that some amount of liberated awareness and spiritual awakening will also occur, depending on uh, how far you pursue the practice. So the two things are not mutually exclusive. But when we're speaking about spiritual awakening and the liberation of awareness, the idea is that we don't see reality the way it is. We see reality the way we've been conditioned to see it. So perception is not passive. We're, we, are tend, we tend to be taught that perception is passive, that there's a world out there that's considered to be the objective world that exists independent of us independent of our 
experience of it. And then when we experience the world or perceive it, our senses are taking in information and, and telling us what's out there. That's in a nutshell how we're generally taught. And we're taught that from a very early age when, you know, in the Sunday morning cartoons, there'll be a cartoon person and then something outside like a flower. And then there'll be that little, those little circles that represent a thought bubble. And inside the thought bubble will be a replica of the flower. And the message is we hold in our heads replicas of what's on the outside. That's called a representational model of mind. And fundamentally, we've all been taught that. What we are not taught as much, although of course we're taught to some degree, but what we're not taught as much is that what the reality we experience is not just uh, a passive display of the information that's out there. It's a highly processed display, which means the attitudes and beliefs and feelings in us act as lenses that shape and filter all that information so that the world we perceive might be dramatically different than anything we could call objective out there. And so all my work is dedicated to uh, paradigm shifting. The paradigm is all the attitudes and ideas and beliefs that are shaping our experience of reality. And when I teach meditation, it's in service of releasing or liberating our awareness from uh, the shaping influence of the current paradigm so that we can see more clearly and more directly what's actually there. And the way that meditation works in that regard is simply to let go of all engagement with your mind, right? So the way the, way this, the, 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 way the theory goes is that when we are uh, engaged in the act of experiencing, right? We think of experience as something that just happens as a passive event, but in fact, it's, it's an active event. It's experiencing. We're busy experiencing. So when we sit in meditation and we close our eyes, we will immediately get busy experiencing, which means busy um, perceiving what's there, making all kinds of conscious and unconscious judgments and assessments of what's there, and then in, in gross and subtle ways, manipulating what's there so that it conforms to what we think should be there. So you know, this is the way perception works. Is, is this is, a, this is the, a the foundational, fundamental understanding of a paradigm as, as I've come to understand it, which is we have a set of beliefs and assumptions about 
what we think is real. When we perceive, we perceive through the filter of those beliefs and assumptions so that what we ultimately experience matches what we believed would be there from the beginning. So we tend to see what, we're, what we believe we're going to see. This is what makes paradigm shifting so difficult because uh, the unconscious filtering ensures that what we, what, what we think is true is what we will end up seeing as true. And because we see it's true, we assume it must be true. And so the cycle goes on and on and it's very difficult to break. The practice of meditation gives us a magnificent opportunity to explore the subtleties and challenges of releasing ourselves from that mechanism, that incredibly highly habituated and conditioned mechanism of altering our experience of reality. We get to see if we are diligent, if we use our focused attention, and if we find a way to consciously surrender to the process of meditation, we will get a front row seat that will reveal just how profound and deep those mechanisms of shaping are influencing our experience of reality. And it works very simply like this. The instructions that I will give you for meditation can be said in many different ways, but they all amount to the same thing which is sit and don't do anything. That's, that's essentially what the meditation instructions are going to be. You just sit and you don't do anything. Now, as I said, you can say that in many different ways. And one of my favorite ways to say it, one of the ones I use the most, is when I teach meditation as the practice of no problem. And so I say, just sit and don't make a problem out of anything that happens, anything that arises, anything that you experience. Don't make a problem. So if you're not making a problem out of it, that means you're not uh, doing anything with it. You're not manipulating it in any way because there's no need to manipulate it because it's fine, there's no problem. So you just, it's just a different way of saying, don't do anything. I could also say, let everything be exactly as it is. That would work fine too. And I could say, give up control. This is the fantastic meditation instructions that the uh, mystic Rumi gave. When asked, how do you meditate? He said, close your eyes and surrender. It's just about giving up control. So they all mean the same thing. Give up control. Don't make a problem. Don't do anything. Let everything be as it is. They're all different instructions that essentially mean the same thing in practice. So the first thing that I want us to do is actually practice, is actually sit. And I'll give you the instruction of don't make a problem out of anything. So you're just gonna sit and you're not gonna make a problem. So whatever happens, whatever you experience, you don't do anything because there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with anything. You just 
allow there to be nothing at all wrong with anything, absolutely anything that happens, and you just sit. And you're relaxed, and you're still, because there's no reason to do anything. So please close your eyes, and we will just do our first round of sitting. All you have to do is sit comfortably relaxed. No matter what's happening or what you are experiencing, you just don't make a problem out of it. Nothing is wrong. Everything is fine, exactly the way it is.
Okay, thank you all very much. So the next thing that I want to introduce to you, so we've, I've just introduced my ascent, my basic practice. Which I said, there's many ways you could say it. The practice of no problem, the art of conscious contentment. Uh, do nothing or don't do anything, etc., are all variations of the, of the same theme. Now, if you are doing, if your primary reason for meditating is stress reduction, clearer thinking, and that's really as far as you need to go. Those instructions, if you practice them with earnest, will have a tremendous effect on your state of being. You'll really start to establish yourself in a much more relaxed, open, receptive, content way of being. You know, in the modern world, uh, uh, most of us have been conditioned to be anxious to some degree or another. That's, that's just the way the world is geared right now. So uh, we, we have developed what I think of as a set point of anxiety, which means if we're not getting pulled in some other direction, the place we tend to rest in has some degree of nervous tension in it, some degree of, hmm, wonder what's going to go wrong, right? There's a little anxiety. Anxiety is kind of fear for no reason. And the modern world tends to generate a lot of anxiety. And, and that's, for many of, of us, a problem. And I've noticed, as I've taught meditation for the last 10 years, that many young people suffer from extreme anxiety. And so if in, in, as an antidote to anxiety, this practice works really beautifully. It's not easy, but the secret to overcoming anxiety is the, 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 the place where this starts, the, the, the secret of overcoming anxiety is to learn to not be anxious about being anxious, right? This is, so, the first thing we want to do when, when we feel anxious is we want to get rid of the anxiety. And, and the fact that the anxiety is there becomes its own source of more anxiety. So the first step is to be, okay, this is, anxiety is a fact. So it's part of the radical acceptance. You just allow anxiety to be what it is. And the first thing you find is that you're less anxious because a lot of the anxiety you felt was anxiety about the anxiety. So that starts to go away. And then you also start to develop clear seeing that allows you to make choices that over time allows the anxiety to dissipate. I have a, a friend, a young woman who I had worked with a bit, and uh, she had suffered so much from anxiety. Uh, and I had made myself available to support her if she needed it. So I remember once she called me from the bathroom stall at work because she was too afraid to get out for some reason. Uh, and we did some breathing exercises so that she could find her way. But now it's five years later, and she's 
amazingly free of anxiety. And I'm sure there were many reasons for that. But one of them was certainly uh, that she gained equanimity through the practice of meditation. Now, there were lots of other things that she did uh, on top of that. But she definitely feels that meditation was a big part of what allowed her to make the changes that have radically altered her life. So she's just one example of how this can work. So as I said, meditation tends to be pursued either for stress reduction or for spiritual awakening. If stress reduction is what you're pursuing meditation for, these instructions work beautifully and you don't have to take them any further than what we've explored today. You just have to keep doing it, you know, because the habit of being anxious, the habits of a mind fundamentally anchored to a set point that something's wrong, it's a very deep habit. It's been deeply conditioned into us personally. It's deeply conditioned into our whole society. If you want to transcend that habit, it's not going to happen in an afternoon. You know, you, you need to spend time at it. But it definitely does work. If your interest in meditation starts to move into the spiritual awakening side of the street, then you have to take these instructions just a little bit further. And that's for a very interesting reason. If you're using meditation for stress reduction, what you want to do is develop a habit of being okay with the way things are that's stronger than the habit you've been conditioned with, which is assuming that something's wrong with the way things are. Uh, and, and that's just a matter of time and effort. If you're interested in spiritual awakening, which means you're really interested in, in illuminating the, the mechanisms of, of uh, shaping that affects the way we perceive reality, and you want to go beyond that to, to be able to see deeper into the way things are, then you have to add a step, which is you have to recognize that even your practice of meditation is happening inside the same shaping and filtering mechanisms that you're trying to transcend. So this is what, what makes it difficult. If you're trying to transcend the shaping influence and filtering mechanism of the current paradigm, of our assumptions and beliefs about reality, you have to realize that even when you're meditating, you are, that meditation is occurring and is shaped by the same influences and filtering mechanisms that you're trying to transcend. So this is what makes it so difficult. This is why spiritual awakening is not a straightforward uh, process because it's, it's a bit like picking yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? You don't, the reason why picking yourself up by your own bootstraps is so difficult is because if you imagine, bending over and grabbing your bootstraps and then trying to pick yourself up, it's impossible. You can't do it because 
you're, you're, you, there's no outside reference point to push against. You're pulling on, on what you are. There's no, way to, there's no way to lift yourself up off the earth that way. In terms of meditation, they often say, how can you use the mind to go beyond the mind? And that's a very simple way of stating the same problem. And the problem is in meditation, the meditation that you're doing is influenced by exactly the same assumptions and attitudes that you are trying to transcend. So what I want to do is invite us all to sit again and just follow the instructions of not making a problem out of anything. Not doing anything. Letting everything be as it is. So all you're doing is sitting, relaxed. Open and aware. Not needing to do anything about anything.
Okay, thank you very much. There's two, I, I was, so, so the basic, what we're, what we're pursuing here is the idea that we don't see reality the way it is. We see reality through a set of assumptions and beliefs that shape our perception. And that meditation as the practice of no problem can be used for stress reduction, in which case you just learn how to do it. You just learn how to let go and relax no matter what's happening and you spend time doing that and it will change your set point. It will, you, the place you rest inside will move from a relative state of some level of anxiety to more and more calm. And you'll see that over time and you'll think, God, I'm really, I'm getting to be a much calmer person. Things don't rattle me. Circumstances don't rattle me, you know, and you'll start to see that in yourself. You'll be in a circumstance where you always used to be very reactive and snap and say things you didn't mean, or et cetera. And you'll realize, wow, I'm just here. And the thing that used to bother me is happening, but I now have a new set point. So I'm able to accept that that's happening and accept that it bothers me. And I have now a whole new range of responses to offer to the situation than the habitual behaviors I used to offer every time. Uh, so that's great. If we start to move into the domain of spiritual awakening, we need to take this one step further, which means we need to realize that those conditioned assumptions and beliefs that we see all of reality through are also the context within which we are meditating. And so we have to do this sort of double jujitsu move, which means we have to do the instructions while we also have to pull the rug out from under us at the same time. And there's, there's different techniques that I believe uh, can help us do that, that I use when I teach. There's many of them because there's lots of different assumptions that we are living in. And the beautiful thing about these assumptions, if you really get one, it's kind of like a, a house of cards, you know? You don't have to pull out every assumption. You just have to pull one out completely and the whole house of cards will fall, you know? Um, and so there's many different assumptions. If you pull any one of them out fully enough, uh, the whole construct will come down and you'll find that your attention and your awareness is pr profoundly and dramatically liberated. But today I want to go through two with you because they're two of the most, the most important and, and most easily uh, shared. And so when I do a, a longer program next month, we'll have time to go through more of these, but I have two that I want to go through with you today. And the first one is, when we sit and meditate, see this, this all has to do with attitudes and beliefs that we bring to meditation before we sit down. So before we sit down to meditation, we are bringing an assumption that meditation is an activity that we do that takes place over time. It's just natural for us. The paradigm that we live in is a paradigm in which we tend to see ourselves as doers, agents of action, and we tend to see everything as something that we do. And meditation is something that we see as another activity. 
You know, you could ride your bike. That's an activity. You could do whatever your job is at work. That's an activity. You could respond to emails. That's an activity. You could walk down the street. That's an activity. You can meditate. That's an activity. It just makes sense. It falls into the general category of activities. Meditation is not an activity. This is the problem. It's not an activity. It's not something that takes place in time. You don't meditate for 20 minutes. It's, meditation is something that is. And, and you can see that, that, especially given the instructions I've been giving you, if, the, if we're saying meditation means not doing anything, how can that possibly be an activity? Not doing anything isn't something that happens in time. You're either not doing or you're doing. What most people are doing in meditation is trying to not do anything. Trying to not do anything is definitely an activity and it's also not meditation. Same thing with trying to have no problem. Trying to have no problem is definitely an activity and it is not a med it's not meditation. Meditation is having no problem. Having no problem doesn't take time. It's either, either you have no problem or you, or you don't have no problem. That's, it's an it's a either or. It's not a time-based thing. Doing nothing, not doing anything is not a time-based thing. Either you're not doing anything or you're doing something. It's one or the other. It's binary. And meditation is like that. So when you meditate, meditation is not something you do for 10 minutes. We've been more or less med meditating this morning for about 10 minute intervals. Meditation is not something you do over 10 minutes of time. Meditation is a place that you step into. It doesn't take any time. You just go there. And then you stay there for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour or an hour, whatever it is you want. But you're not doing anything during that time. You're just sitting in meditation. You know, think of it as a, as a doorway to a space. You just step through the doorway and then you, re then you wait. You rest there. And then, you know, the bell rings, you step through into meditation. Doesn't take any time, you just do it. Then you rest, wait. And then the next bell rings and you come out and that's it. Nothing happened in between. There's no doing in there. Yes, your mind is going to be busy doing stuff because it's just a doing machine. That's what it does. It's not going to stop just because you stop. Uh, the metaphor I always use for that is driving a car down the highway. If you're driving the car down the highway and you're going 75 miles an hour, and we say that meditation is like taking your foot off the gas. So you go, okay, now I'm going to meditate. I'm driving 75 miles an hour. Now I'm going to meditate, take my foot off the gas. You know, what most people do when they meditate is they take their foot off the gas and then, you know, a minute or two later, they go, the car didn't stop. What happened? And they say, well, the car's not going to stop in two minutes just because you took your foot off the gas. If you've got 75 miles an hour of momentum behind that car, it's not going to stop in a heartbeat just because you took your foot off the gas. That car is going to keep right on rolling for a long time. So the same thing with your mind. It just keeps right on going. 
doesn't care whether you've taken your foot off the gas, whether you are engaged with it or not. It just goes. What most people get stuck in with this kind of meditation is that they equate not doing anything with nothing happening. And those are not the same thing. So if, if you're trying to make nothing happen, you're definitely doing something. You're, and it's a big job and it's, it's probably not going to actually work. So if that was your hope, that somehow your mind was going to stop because you were meditating, I will have to disappoint you and tell you that it's not very likely to happen. It can happen, but you need to have like a month on, on, in a meditation retreat. So you really have time to let that mind wear out its energy. But, you know, doing a little bit of practice every day when the rest of the day you're like feeding the wheel of the mind, that's not going to lead to your mind stopping. The miracle is your mind doesn't have to stop in order for you to stop. That's the big miracle. You can be perfectly okay, perfectly at rest, perfectly disengaged. Even if your mind is going 75 miles an hour. And that's where freedom comes. See, if you can only be free if your mind stops, there's no freedom in that. You're bound to your mind and you're just hoping for your mind to stop. But if you can be free, no matter what your mind is doing, then, then you are indestructibly free. And in the great traditions, they often talk about indestructible freedom. And this is what they mean. It means that you are actually free and that nothing that can happen in the world or in your, in, in your mind could ever trap you again. So the assumption that we're working with today, this first assumption, is the assumption that meditation is an activity that we do over time. And I'm telling you, it is not an activity. Meditation is a doorway that you step through and you just wait on the other side until the bell rings and then you come back. In the context of this workshop, it's you wait until I tell you the meditation is over and then you come back. Meditation, it doesn't happen in 10 minutes. It doesn't happen in five minutes. It doesn't happen in one minute. It doesn't happen in one second. It happens instantaneously. It happens exactly the moment when you decide you're not going to do anything or when you decide that you don't have a problem. As soon as that, that decision doesn't take any time. Meditation is not an activity. It's a decision. It's a choice. It's a choice to either have a problem or not have a problem. To do something or, or not do anything. To let everything be the way it is or to make things the way you want them. Right? There's different ways you can look at it, but it's a choice. It just it happens instantaneously. And so when I am teaching meditation, I will... Over time, you know, these, these become more advanced practices that I'm sharing with you now. Right? The, the basic practice of no problem that we were doing during the first hour of this workshop, the reason it's basic is because there's nothing in it that necessarily challenges your fundamental assumptions about reality. Because you can do the practice of no problem as if it's an activity that you're doing over time. You know, you, you're trying to have no problem. You're working at it. You're busy. 
if you want to go the step further that we're talking about now, you have to give up the idea that you are busy doing anything. You actually have to do it. You actually have to have no problem. And it has to be a once and for all event where you just have no problem and then just rest. And just like um, Peter was saying and Michael was saying, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about whether you're lost in your mind or not lost in your mind. It's all irrelevant because you don't have a problem. And then people will say, as Michael was saying, well then, am I meditating? How is this going to help anything? I mean, I'm just not doing anything. Well, that's because part of another assumption that we have is that, and we won't get into this much today, but another assumption that we uh, have is that spiritual growth is something that we do, which it's actually not. Spiritual growth is something that happens when we let go. And so if you are able to do this and you just have no problem and sit there and then you don't have to pay attention to anything, you don't have to worry about anything. And even the thoughts that arise that go, wait a minute, if you're not worried about everything and getting involved, nothing's going to happen. You need to take the wheel here. You can't just sit here in the car and let the car drive itself. You just let those thoughts happen too because the miracle is if you do this, you will see that spiritual growth happens all by itself that the karmic patterns of your mind will start to untangle themselves by themselves. And they can do that better than you can because when you try to untangle those knots of your mind, the you that's trying to do that is shaped by the very same knots it's trying to untangle, right? You have the same blind spots that you're trying to get rid of. And so it doesn't work. But if you let go, there is... a higher being, there is a deeper source that will start to untangle the knots of your karma, as they say in the East. And you'll start to see a process of awakening that's just unfolding and it's allowed to unfold because you are no longer relating to meditation as an activity that you're doing over time. You're relating to it as simple as Rumi said, Surrender. Close your eyes and surrender. And let the miracle happen. The, the reason the miracle doesn't happen to most people is because we find that we, it's because it's so difficult for us to give up control and let it happen. We keep getting our hands in. We keep tinkering. We keep getting busy. And this is completely other than that. So once again, I'm going to want us to sit and just relate to meditation as a doorway you're stepping through. You're stepping into having no problem. No matter what's happening right now, no matter what's going on in your mind, as soon as I say begin, you just step. In fact, why don't we use the, we'll use the bell this time. So as soon as I ring the bell the first time, you just Inwardly shift into having no problem or inwardly shift into not doing anything or inwardly shift into letting everything be as it is. That's it. In a second, you just shift. You just shift 
and then you don't do anything at all. You just wait. And then eventually I will ring the bell again and the meditation will be over. And then you just engage again with life, with me, with what's happening here. Okay, so get comfortable and I will ring the bell to start this round of practice in which we are taking out time. This is not an activity we're doing in time. It's just a flip, a switch that we're going to do and then rest.
Okay, thank you very much for that. So I said there's one more uh, assumption that I wanted to share, and this is another great one. Uh, and this is one which can be explored in an almost infinite variety of ways. Uh, and I'm sure when I do a longer program next month, we'll have time to explore many of them, but there's, I'll only, only have time to share one of those ways today. So the first assumption that we just worked with was the assumption that meditation is an activity that we do over time. And we said, it's not an activity that you do over time. Uh, it's a shift in perspective, essentially. It's a, it's, some, it's, a, it's a decision, is what Jean-Claude liked. It's a decision that you make. The second assumption that we bring with us to meditation, and that, and that then shapes our meditation, is that I am a person meditating. So when we come to our practice, we bring with it the assumption that I am a person meditating. Of course, we also bring with it a very specific person. I bring Jeff, Sally brings Sally, Jean-Claude brings Jean-Claude, et cetera, et cetera. So not only do we see meditation as an activity that we're doing over time, but at a sort of more existential level, we see ourselves as a person who is meditating. And there are many different ways to explore letting go of the assumption that you're a person who's meditating. And I'm gonna share one with you today. Which is rather than assuming that you're a person meditating, which is a, a person who is doing something. I want you to assume that you are the awareness that is aware. You're not a person, you're not a being. You are the awareness that's aware of the meditation happening. You're aware of the person who thinks they're a person meditating, but you are not that person. You are just the awareness that's aware of it all. You are aware of all of the feelings, all of the attempts at control, attempts at manipulation. You're aware of all of that happening, but you're not a person doing any of that. You're just, it's, a, it's as if, it's as if someone were able to take a movie of themselves meditating, an inner movie. Let's imagine that you could do that. You could have some kind of inner camera that took a, a film of, of my meditation. And then you could wear some kind of headset and watch my meditation. But it wasn't you meditating, you were watching my meditation. So in the same way, when you sit, the next time I ring the bell, You just allow yourself to be the awareness that is aware. And then you watch everything that happens, including all of the ideas about being somebody, all of the ways in which that somebody thinks they're doing things. You're just the awareness 
you're not a person meditating. So I will ring the bell again and we'll start this final round of sitting.
Okay, thank you all very much. And so to just review what we, what I spoke about today, meditation can be pursued for stress reduction and meditation can be pursued for spiritual awakening. With stress reduction, I teach the practice of no problem. It just means accepting whatever is and learning to become okay, no matter what occurs. And that will shift your set point out of anxiety and into calmness over time. When we are pursuing spiritual awakening, what we are pursuing is, is the, you know, in the traditions they talk about taking away the veils. The veils are the assumptions and the beliefs that filter and shape our perception, that, that present us with a picture of reality which is different than what reality is. And so we, we want to use meditation to liberate our awareness, to, to free our spirit. But we have to realize that when we are doing that, when we are engaged in meditation, we are engaged within the same filtering mechanisms and, and ideas and assumptions that we are trying to transcend. And so we need to take, we need to engage with the practice differently, a bit experimentally. And today I spoke about the assumption that meditation is an activity we're doing over time and how we can move beyond that. And the assumption that I am a person meditating. And one way, of which there are many, to do that, to rest together, to, to make that decision to have no problem, to let go of control, and then to explore the unfolding of awakening that occurs once that decision has been made. Because that's really the most exciting part of this for me, is the unfolding of the awakening that occurs when we let go. The process of learning to let go is, is important. We have to do it. But what's really exciting is what happens once we let go. I want to end today simply thanking you for being here, thanking you for your interest in awakening, especially now in these very challenging times, the times of global pandemic, times of civil unrest. Potentially we're, we're reaching a tipping point where some dramatic shift is gonna happen. And all of this effort that we all make to liberate our minds from the current habits of perception can help with not only our own process of growth, but the growth of the world around us. So I really, I honor all of you for your sincerity and your commitment uh, to this path for as long as you've been on it. And I hope we all have a chance to work together in the future. Deep gratitude to all of you. Thank you so much 